Welcome to Passion Life Church. Bibles. We're going to be in Romans chapter 4 today. You can turn to Romans chapter 4. And today we conclude this series that we've called The Promise. And uh, we've been learning about our spiritual inheritance that has been left to us that many people don't really know about. And, you know, you say, yeah, Pastor Phil, I understand it's my spiritual inheritance when I die because I'm born again. Uh, I am going to go to heaven. Yes, that's part of your spiritual inheritance. But there's also a part of your spiritual inheritance that is supposed to apply to you being here and now and being on the earth today. And while the world is trying to figure out who they are, you know, what they believe, they're taking these DNA DNA tests to try to figure out, you know, am am I Puerto Rican? Am I Italian? Really, what is my, you know, nationality? And really, you can take those DNA tests and and how is that going to have an impact on your life? Although Mark today was sharing with me that if you find out that you are a little bit, even a little bit Jewish, the Jewish people will give you an all-expense paid trip to Israel. So I am definitely going to take this test because I hope that I'm a little bit Jewish. Come on, somebody. I want a free trip to Israel. Thank you, Mark. And uh, we're going to add that to the announcements. So... um, but I, I was thinking about how does that really affect your life if you find out you're a little bit more Puerto Rican than you thought, you know, but now there is some advantage, and thank God for the, the Jewish people, right? But honestly, the Bible tells us that that's not to be the focus of our life. You know, Isaiah 51.5 says this, listen to me, all you who hope for deliverance. Everybody say deliverance. For all who you who hope in deliverance, all who you seek the Lord, watch this, consider the rock from which you were cut, the quarry from which you were mined. In other words, we are to be looking to our spiritual inheritance. So we've been looking at our great father in the faith, Abraham, because the truth is our spiritual inheritance provides a real change. Isaiah 51 1 says, All you who hope for deliverance, our spiritual heritage provides a real change that our natural heritage cannot. So, this is what's cool about this. I don't know what family you come from. I don't know how you're, you're, you were affected by your family, if that was a positive situation or not. You know, for us, I have a lot of things, question marks. We didn't grow up, you know, having a lot. My father had a poverty mentality. We always lacked. But you know what? The Bible tells us that I'm not supposed to focus on my natural family. But what I am supposed to do is focus on my spiritual inheritance. So no matter what the background that you have with your family, you have a new family now, a spiritual family. Can I hear a good amen today? And with that family comes promises that God has given to you. And it's the same promises that God gave to our great grandfather, Abraham. And the Bible says this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. I'm just doing a little bit of a review this morning. It says, if you are Christ, how many of you are Christ? Jesus has come inside your heart, right? You've asked Jesus to forgive you of all your sins, and you are Christ. Let me see your hand if you are Christ. He says, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So this spiritual inheritance, now you have an inheritance that is spiritual, and you're an heir to this. And so we asked, what is this promise? And remember last week, if you weren't here last week, I would just really encourage you to go on YouTube and look at last week. We broke down the power of the blessing that God uh, has given us. We also talked about the curse. Um, It was very, very powerful. But we asked ourselves, what is the promise? Genesis 12, verse 2 
Let me read this. It says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. This is your spiritual inheritance, my church family. And you will be a blessing, right? He says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. In other words, God is going to use your life as a mega influence for his kingdom. Anybody excited about that? And so as we dive into this last part, part four, I've entitled today, Hoping But Not Withholding. Let me say that again. Hoping But Not Withholding. You know, you are Abraham's seed. Abraham is blessed. Can you say, I am blessed? Abraham, why would we look at Abraham? And I, I, I love this. I have been waiting to teach this series, but I didn't know when our church would be ready. But I feel like it's a perfect time because as they're talking about the economy breaking down, as they're talking about stocks and bonds going down and recession, listen, Abraham lived in a time when there was famine. Abraham lived in a time that was wicked. And yet, my church family, he didn't just survive, he thrived. He dominated in a wicked nation. And I just want to say that because, and I get excited because that's in your DNA. Victory overcoming is in your DNA. This is who your father of the faith is. So you may come from a family who didn't really stick up for much. Maybe, you know, your parents really didn't fight for you or your dad really didn't fight for you. But as we looked at Abraham, we have a guy who in his DNA, he was thriving. And we know this because of his faith. Now, here's what Jesus said. And this is what I love about Abraham. You can see Abraham in the Old Testament. But Paul talked about Abraham, and now Jesus, look at what Jesus says about Abraham in John chapter 8, verse 39. Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. And there were some people that were challenging Jesus, and they weren't really acting like Abraham's children or Abraham's heirs. So Jesus looked at him, and he says, if you really are Abraham's seed, then you need to do the deeds of Abraham. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about what, what Abraham did because God spoke a promise to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. But the challenge was is that Abraham didn't have one kid. But you need to understand that God speaks those things as not as though they already were. How many of you would say that even maybe secretly in your heart, you're, you have a promise that you're standing on, but it just hasn't materialized yet? Maybe it's, it's really, you know God is healing you, but you're just waiting for that. I mean, you, you want that whole healing, all of your strength back. Maybe it's something, you know, financially. But I want to tell you, God did promise Abraham a son, but it didn't happen like Abraham thought it would happen. It didn't happen as fast as Abraham thought it would. Can anybody relate to that? You thought it would be here by now. So I think this is why it's important that we do the deeds of Abraham because we can look at the Bible. We can look at Abraham's life and we go, okay, yeah, he got the promise. Yeah, I can see that. But see, Abraham's not seeing what we see. We see the whole picture. But maybe he did see what we see. Maybe this is why he was so full of faith. Romans chapter 4, verse 17, it says this, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which not as though they were. Verse 18, who against hope believed in hope. I'm going to say that again. Who against hope believed in hope 
that he might become the father of many nations according to which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Listen to this. But through faith, giving glory to God. I love this verse, verse 21. And being fully persuaded that he who promised was able to perform. I want to read that again. And being fully persuaded that he who promised was able to perform. Aren't you thankful that we have a God who is able to perform his promises? Aren't you thankful that we have a God that doesn't promise but's not able to deliver? We have a God who is able to promise and he always delivers on his promises. Can I hear a good amen today? You may not see it yet. Oh, but it's coming. But this is what I like about Abraham, the Bible says when there was no hope around, when it seemed like everything was hopeless, he still hoped. He still had hope. You know, see what hope is, is hope is a positive expectation of good. And you say, Phil, how can you have hope when everything seems hopeless? Well, you look at verse 21 and being fully persuaded that he who promised was able to perform. Abraham, although he did not have a son yet, was fully persuaded, fully persuaded. Now, how many of you know, under normal circumstances, if you're going to have a baby, you're going to need your body? How many, how many of you know that? And so, and, and <laughs> this is kind of interesting because Abraham knew that his own body was not able to produce what he desired. And the Bible says that his body was as good as dead. In other words, nothing was working. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It wasn't working like it should be working, right? But the dude is 100, 100 years old. But listen to this. The Bible says this, that he considered not. I looked up that word in the Greek, and it means this. He didn't fix his eyes on. Watch this. He considered not. One commentator said this. He paid no attention to the physical obstacles. But, and listen, how many of you know, it wasn't just his body, but Sarah's body wasn't working either. And her body needs to be working if she's going to have a baby. So both of their bodies were just not working. But you know what? Abraham's focus wasn't on what his body couldn't or couldn't do. His focus and his attention wasn't on what his wife's body couldn't, couldn't do. And how many of you know when you are desiring a child, things need to be working? But here's what I have found out. See, what has your attention will eventually determine your devotion. Let me help you just, just a little bit. See, we can put all of our place and our attention on why things won't work. Well, it's my body. It's my wife's body. We're old. We're this. We're that. It hasn't happened yet, right? And you start giving attention to thoughts, then what happens is that you become devoted to those thoughts. And if you're not careful, you start to become devoted to the fact that it's just not going to work out, that God cannot perform what he promised, right? But the Bible says that that wasn't Abraham's focus. He wasn't paying attention to those things. See, what faith does is faith looks at the strength of God, not at my own or emotional strength. Can I hear a good amen today? And here's what I've learned about God. Oftentimes he will bring you to the end of yourself and then there's a miracle. You know why? Because he knows we are quick 
to give ourselves the credit. Yeah, I took them, you know, them supplements and it all went away. And I'm not against supplements. I like supplements. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you just take this, man, and everything, everything's good, right? You know? And, and I'm not against all that stuff, but I'm just giving you the point that that's what we did. You know, like, yeah, I'm feeling better because, you know, I woke up at five and I started doing CrossFit. You know, we do beach body and stuff like that. And then everything went away. You know, my, 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 my tush is a little tighter. Everything. I mean, we're just, we're just good. And, you know, <laughs> then we forget about the miracle because we're so easy to give ourselves the credit. So oftentimes what he will do is bring us to the end of ourself. There is no chance that a hundred year old man and a 90 year old woman can have a baby. But we have to understand with man, it is not possible. But with God, all things are possible. But I like what Abraham and what he did focus on because he wasn't focused on the how. Watch, he was focused on the who. See, a lot of times we devote our attention to how is this all going to work? How can we piece it together? Is anybody in here a control freak like I am? You don't have to raise your hand. But you want to know how. I'm a planner. I want to know how much energy do I have to give today? And I'm going to conserve it. I'm going to put it here. I'm going to put it there, right? Because I just want to control everything. Right, I want to make sure that I'm comfortable because controlling can make us comfortable. Can I hear a good amen today? So I want to know how. How is this all going to work out? But that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to respond to God. The results are God's responsibility. Your responsibility is to believe and have hope that he who promised can perform. That's our, that's our only response. God will take care of the results. But here's what Abraham did. Abraham didn't focus on how. He focused on who. See, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Abraham hoped even when there was no hope. It says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So hope is where it starts. Hope is a positive expectation of good. I believe it was Zechariah that said, I am a prisoner of a positive expectation. I'm a prisoner, a prisoner. Think about that. A prisoner of a positive expectation. That's easy to say when things are looking good. That's easy to say when you're feeling good. But it's another thing when you're not. But hope is a, is a positive expectation of good. But hope isn't enough. What has to happen is hope has to turn into faith. Let me give you an example. In my old, in my previous church that we came uh, from, we had a couple of different cafes. I came from a mega church, right? They would do 20,000 people on the, on the weekend. Now they have two campuses and in our building sat 3,200 people, right? They, they spent 20 million to build it. And uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. We had four Starbucks cafes in the building. It's just amazing. When people walk in there, it's like David said, the house of God should be marvelous. That when people walk in, they go, man, this, this is not something that man did. But my this girl that I liked before I was married, her name was Valerie Valdez. We had a youth cafe where I worked. I was the youth pastor, and she worked in the main service cafe. Well, I knew her younger sister, and I would pass by the main cafe, and I saw her. 
And man, those, those brown eyes, I'm telling you, brown-eyed girl, oh my goodness, I'd walk by. And then what I found myself doing is instead of buying coffee at the kids and the youth coffee shop, I would walk all the way over to see this girl, right? And when I saw her, I thought, hmm, Man, I hope that we would we would get together, we would go out. I hope, I think that she's going to be my wife. You know what, I hope, you know, you can hope and hope and hope, but what faith does is faith walks up to the counter and goes, hey, girl, can you put a little love in that latte? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Can you put a little, like, just, can you make a little heart instead of the leaf? I want a little heart. That's faith. See, faith doesn't say, I hope you marry me. Faith is coming up with a plan to propose. Come on, somebody. Faith is taking a step on that expectation. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Because some of us have hope, but yet in that hope, we withhold things instead of giving. That's not what the deed of Abraham was. That's not how Abraham acted. And Jesus said, I want you to do the deeds of Abraham. So here is Abraham waiting a hundred years, my church family, for his promise. And he knew God was going to do it. But my question was, what do you find Abraham doing? What is he doing while he's waiting? Well, this was very interesting to me. I want to show you Genesis chapter 20, verse 17. Abraham is praying for people while he's waiting. Look at this. Genesis chapter 20, verse 17. So Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife and his female servant. Watch this. And they all had children. What? Do you know my church family that this is the first recorded miracle of divine healing was Abraham praying for somebody else to have kids when he didn't have one. So Abraham was hoping, but he wasn't withholding his prayers from other people. See, sometimes what happens is we are so hoping that we get self-consumed and we say, man, if you ain't going to get, if I didn't get mine, you ain't getting yours. That wasn't his, his idea. His idea was, and I believe it was because he knew that God was going to perform. I knew he knew he was a blessing. He knew he was blessed, so he was going to bless other people. But he's literally praying for people that have the same challenges that he has. And you know what happens? Abimelech, right? Abimelech's wife has a child. The servants get pregnant. So here's number one. Abraham is ministering to others while waiting on the manifestation of his miracle. So he's hoping, but he's not withholding. He's hoping and he's blessing other people, even though he doesn't see the promise in full manifestation. And see what I've seen. I've been in the church world for 30 years. And I've watched people and I've seen my own story. And what I found is that oftentimes when people are waiting on their promise, they forget about other people. They forget about other people. And so what we do is we have this idea that, you know what, my promise is all about me. It's about me, Lord, I need this, I need this. But the challenge is, is that God does love you and he does have a promise for you. But it's not just you on this earth. God loves people as well. And this is what I love about Abraham is Although he had a need, if you could say, he's still meeting other people's needs. 
He's still meeting other people's needs. I put here, for Abraham, he had the realization it was about what God could do through him, not just for him. See, Abraham, his attitude, you ready? I'm going to help you get your miracle until I receive mine. I'm going to help you and watch you get your promise even before I get mine. Watch this. Genesis 20, 17. Abraham's praying for people, right? I think it's three verses later. Next chapter, three verses. Genesis 21, 1 through 2. And the Lord visited Sarah, and he said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had spoken, and Sarah conceived. Abraham prays for Abimelech. They all, their wombs are open to have kids. Three verses later, Sarah gets pregnant with Isaac. I'm hoping, but I'm not going to withhold from you because I haven't received what I wanted. See, the Bible talks about what you make happen for other people, God will make happen for you. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8, knowing that whatever good, everybody say whatever good, whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. Can I hear a good amen today? My church family, this applies to anybody that you make something good happen for them. God watches and he makes good happen for you. Why? Because he cares about other people. And not only that, remember, I want you to remember what true prosperity is. True prosperity is you are blessed. Does it stop there? No, to be a blessing. Prosperity is not God just meeting your needs. Prosperity is God raising you up to meet the needs of a hurting world. It's not just about, hey, I have food on my table. Thank you, G. We're thankful for that. But true prosperity is that now I'm paying for other people's meals. I'm helping other people. You know, the other day we were at a restaurant and I saw some people from our church. So I told our, our waitress, I said, hey, we want to we take care of their meal. We want to pay for their meal. So she leaves and I was like, all right, cool. And so we start eating. And then she comes back with another person and she says, hey, uh, we have a problem. I said, what do we have a problem with? She said, well, this is their server. And their server said that they want to pay for your meal. And I thought, isn't this amazing? Instead of two Christians arguing over politics, we're actually arguing over who's going to bless each other because there's two families in there that are blessed, understanding we want to bless other people. Can I hear a good amen today? Because it's not just about us. Do you remember, if we can get this in our spirit, my church family, this does just not apply to me and my, my kids. It applies to your work. It applies to your job. See, most people, they'll go to their work and they check in 8 o'clock, check out at 5 o'clock, look at their paycheck. Oh my gosh, you know, I hope, when am I going to get a bonus? I'm up, you know. Uh, living, cost of living is increased and all that stuff. But not many people have and do what Abraham did, where they have the idea that if I work here, I'm going to make it happen for this business. Because here's what happens. When you decide to be a blessing and you decide to whatever company that you're working for, you're going to make it happen for them. The Bible says that God sees that and he will make whatever you make happen for that business whether they acknowledge it or not, God will make it happen for you. I've, I've seen this in my life. 
I've watched this in my life. I have never had the thought or idea that I would be some type of entrepreneur, that I would be a president of a church company, right? If you want to talk about in those, in those uh, you know, terminology that I would just break ground on a church and, and start. I never thought that. But here's what I did. I was hired as a youth pastor, and this was always in my heart. I'm going to make it happen for this church. I'm not the pastor. I'm just an under-shepherd. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it happen for them. And what I didn't really realize realized was this scripture that as I was making it happen for somebody else, God goes, hmm, you know what? I could use that boy because you know what the Bible says? How can God trust you if you are not faithful with another man's? Whatever he says, first, you have to be faithful with what is another man's before God will trust you. And it's kind of cool because I didn't have all of the pressure that I have now to make the church move and go forward. And, and I know before you send me an email, say, you know, hey, it's God's, you know, uh, responsibility to make the church work. Yeah, I get it. But we have to plant seeds. We've got to reach out. And so there's got to be some planning. Can I hear a good amen today? But here's the reality. When I was planting seeds over there, God started to say, I could trust this boy. You know what? And then he gave me something that was mine. That wasn't even really the intention. I was just living this promise. And I remember sitting before my pastor, and when I was telling him what God was doing in our heart, he said, you know, the Lord spoke to me and told us that you were going to be a pastor. And he says, I want to give you $15,000 to start Passion Life Church. I almost fell off my chair. But you know what? That was never the intention. But I went in with the mentality that, you know what? I'm going to make it happen for these people. I'm going to sow into them. And guess what? God brought a dream of mine to come to pass when I served my pastor's dream. You know, I was thinking about Joseph because Joseph lived this way as well. Joseph had a dream in the Old Testament. I don't know if you have a dream. My friend, Dr. Michael Maiden says, healthy hearts dream. So maybe we got to look inside of our heart and make sure we're healthy because I believe if you're alive today, God has a vision, a dream for your life. Joseph had a dream. And if you know the story, his brothers threw him in a pit. They sold him, right, to Potiphar. Check this out. He's at Potiphar's house, who is an Egyptian captain of the guard. Potiphar is not a Christian at all. But the Bible said God blessed the house of Potiphar for Joseph's sake. So when Joseph got into his house, he made Potiphar's house better to the point where Potiphar didn't even have to look at his own affairs. He delegated them to Joseph. Can I hear a good amen today? That's amazing because here's Joseph who could say, and this is what some people say, well, my boss is not godly. My boss, you know, man, he, I think he's the devil incarnate. I mean, and we, 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 we have these ideas. So you know what we do? We have a lot of hopes and then we withdraw ourselves, not realizing that God is the one that promotes. God is the one that opened doors. God can take you from the bottom and bring you to the top. Can I hear a good amen today. But oftentimes what we do is we withhold, even though we're hoping this is not what Joseph did. And the Bible says that he came to second. He was in command of Potiphar's house. And then you remember the story. He got accused of an inappropriate relationship with Potiphar's wife, right? And then he gets thrown in prison in Egypt. But guess what? The Bible says this challenges me, my church family. I don't know if it challenges you, but even in the prison of his life, he's making things happen for other prisoners. The Bible says that he gets to be in charge of the whole prison. And then two guys have the audacity to share their dream with Joseph. Now, most of us would say, don't talk to me about your dream. I'm in prison because of my dream. 
But that wasn't his attitude. His attitude was, I'm hoping for my dream, but I'm not going to withhold. And here what we, here's what we find Joseph doing. We find Joseph interpreting their dreams. Let me say it this way. We find Joseph serving two other people's dreams. Can I go a little bit deeper? These were prisoners. You could say they didn't even matter. But guess what? They mattered to God. Because they mattered to God, they mattered to Joseph. And Joseph interprets their dream. And one guy gets promoted to, to, uh, to, to Pharaoh. And guess what? Pharaoh has a dream. And now Pharaoh needs his, 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 uh, his dream interpreted. But you know what's interesting to me? I wonder how, Pharaoh, how Joseph would have stepped out of the prison into the palace if he didn't serve somebody else's dream. But he had the same mentality. I'm going to make it happen for you even though it's not happening for me. And because he served two other men who really had no influence, maybe, maybe we're going to die, we're prisoners, God used what he did in the prison to elevate him to the palace. And now he's standing before Pharaoh. See, everybody wants to stand before Pharaoh. Everybody wants to serve Pharaoh, but nobody wants to serve the butler and the baker. Let me try this side. Everybody wants to serve Pharaoh and stand before Pharaoh, but nobody wants to serve the butler and the baker. And what we don't realize is that God is watching how you treat the butler and the baker. And now he stands before Pharaoh and still his dream. Can, can, can we go deeper? Because the truth was, is that Pharaoh was going to make his dream come true. But yes, it was God that was going to do it, but he was willing to serve somebody else's dream. And when that happened, guess what? Now he's second in command over all of Egypt, the most powerful nation on the earth because he decided to do something for somebody else and God made it happen for him. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a good round of applause today. Are you glad you came to church today? So let me ask you a question. What are you making happen for other people? Who are you investing in? Because God is watching. And I don't want us to be a church that we are hoping and expecting for things, but we're withholding. I'm going to go on. I have two more points and I'm almost done. But I want to tell you this. I could sit here as a pastor and go, man, man, we're hoping, we're expecting that God's going to give us a building. You know, we have a, a woman in our church. Um, she has cerebral palsy, I believe it is. And she comes when she can. And she just started a business. And she said, we're starting a business. And God gave me a vision that he's going to give this church a building. And she's working her business. And we prayed over her. And I, I was really, really blessed. We're hoping and believing that God would give us a building, debt-free, straight from heaven, good location, move-in ready. Is that big expectation? Debt-free, good location, move-in ready. Can I hear a good amen today? Now, I'm hoping. I'm having my expecting of. Now, I have a friend in our same network in Florida. He's had his church, I don't know, a couple years. We've been here longer than he has, and God just dropped a building on him. So you know what we're going to do as Passion Life Church? We're not going to sit here and go, I haven't got minds. I like when people put the S at the end. 
They don't say, I got mine. They say, I got mines. I ain't got mines. But you know what? Since we ain't got a building, huh, let's see what God does for you. No, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go into our bank account, and we're going to hope, but we're not going to withhold, and we're going to send money over there. You know why? Because what we make happen for other churches, God is going to make happen for us. Can I hear a good amen today? Because we're on the same team. Listen, we're kicking the devil's butt together. Come on, somebody. Now, watch what we send them. And we've sent, you know, I, I was thinking about, I even helped another church get a building in this city. They came to us and I said, you know, I don't think this is for us, but I called my friend up. You know what I could have done? Said, yes, yeah, it's a good building. I know my friend's looking for a building, but I ain't gonna say anything. Right? Because that's how sometimes we think. Like, I don't want his church, you know, uh, man, what if people start going over there? You know what? I called my friend up and I said, hey, there's a great deal on the building. I don't think that this is for us. I don't feel a, a word from God for us. But you know what? And they occupied the building. But what you make happen for other people, we, we need to understand that. God will make happen for us. Are you understanding what I'm, what I'm saying today? Because we are blessed. And because what we do for people, God is watching our heart. But I wanted to say this. What I did for other people, watch this. The seed that we sow to another church is not enough to buy us a building because the seed is always smaller than the harvest. But so what happens is sometimes we withhold our seed. So what I'm doing is I'm planting seed because I know God has a harvest. Does that make sense, everybody? And so what I'm trying to tell you is that there is a bigger picture with this whole God blessing us and being a blessing. We need to be a blessing because what we're making happen for other people, God is going to make happen for us. Are you glad you came today? Here's number two. Abraham always wanted God to have the credit. Always. My church family, Abraham was a tither. You may not know this about Abraham, but he was a bad man, Jamba. He was like a ninja fighter. People don't, I think when we think about, we think about Abraham, we think about this old and crusty guy, like, yeah, I want a son so bad, right? But the Bible says that a couple of kings, four kings, went in and invaded Sodom, Gomorrah, and two other places, and they took everything. The problem with that was Lot's, Lot, Abraham's nephew, was living in Sodom and Gomorrah. And so they come to Abraham and they say, hey, they took Lot. They captured your nephew. And here is a guy. The Bible says he had about 315, 318 trained soldiers. Abraham had his own economy. Abraham was a nation in one man. And so Abraham at night takes his ninjas and they go in and they capture Lot, bring him back. And they take all of the stuff that was stolen and they bring it back. And the Bible says that he looked at God and he gave him a tenth because he had recognized that God gave him the victory. Everybody look at me. Watch. 315 trained soldiers beat four kings. Four kings. 315 trained men and Abraham. When God is on your side, it doesn't matter who can be against you. He went in and upset four kings, defeated four kings. But how many of you know, it's because he knew where his power lied. He knew that God would give him the victory. So here's what he did. He gave back to God a tenth because he recognized if it was not for God, I would not have won. But then this gets a little crazier because he was so dependent on God and so he was so concerned that God didn't get the glory 
the king of Sodom comes to him and says, basically, look, you have all the stuff. I just want our people that you had rescued. And then he says this. He says, the king of Sodom, but you can keep all the stuff that you have. Watch Abraham's response. Genesis chapter 14, verse 22. Abraham applied to the king of Sodom. I solemnly swear to the Lord God most high. Listen to this. The creator of heaven and earth that I will not take as much as a single thread or sandal thong from that belongs to you. Otherwise, you might say that you made me rich. You didn't make me rich. God did. And I want to make sure that you're not walking around going, yeah, Abraham, see that blessing? He's not really blessed. Actually, we gave him that stuff. Abraham's like, I want to know, and I want you to know who the real credit goes to. The real credit goes to God. I don't want you walking away trying to take credit for what God did. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. And here's the last one for today. If we're going to do what Abraham did, we need to look for every opportunity to bless someone. To bless someone. Three men come to visit Abraham. And I want you to look at his attitude. Abraham wants these men, after encountering him, after encountering Abraham, Abraham wants these men to leave more strengthened, more refreshed than before encountering Abraham. Listen to this, Genesis chapter 18, verse 4. Let a little water be brought. He's talking to these men. Let these, a little water be brought so you may wash your feet. And refresh yourselves under the tree. Let me offer you a little bread so you may feel stronger. Watch this. After that, you may leave your servant and go away since you have visited your servant. Here's what, here's what Abraham was saying. I don't want to let you go until I feed you. I don't, if you're going to come to my house and you're going to come in my presence, I don't want to let you go until I bless you. And he says, actually, I want you to be refreshed. I want you to be strengthened. And I asked myself this question, and I'm going to ask you this, my church family, as we close. What is it like being in a relationship with you? Do people walk away more depleted? Or do people walk away more blessed when they come encounter with you? Now, obviously, at this point in our lives, we don't have what Abraham, I mean, Abraham was greatly rich. But that doesn't mean we can't discount being rich in love with people, being rich in encouragement. When people are in your presence, are they constantly drained or are they more refreshed and strengthened? This comes from a confidence knowing that you are blessed. And I think about this because Abraham looked for an opportunity always to help people and to bless people. Do you encourage people that come into your presence? Would people say that, man, they love being around you because they feel elevated? I'm going to tell you, that's my hope for you at Passion Life Church. We'll talk about this in Growth Track. I hope that if you become a member at Passion Life Church and for three or four years, and then maybe God calls you somewhere else, that you walk away and say, you know what? My life has gone to another level because I was a part of that. My life is so blessed because I was a part of that. Not people walking away going, man, I never want to go back to that person. I never want to be in a relationship with that person. See, I think something has crept into our minds, right? Have you heard of extreme couponers? Have you ever seen that show, right? 
I love coupons, and if you're an extreme couponer, that's good when you're buying products, right? You want to try to get the most for the least amount of money, and I hope that you do. But you know what? I have found that we have taken that mentality even into relationships. We want to make more, listen, withdrawals than we want to do deposit. It's almost like, listen, we want to extreme coupon our relationships where we want to give the least, but we want the most, And that's okay for products, but it's not okay for people. It's not okay for blessed people because we are blessed. And so whoever it is, when they come into our life, can they leave more blessed than they were? And see, I think the mentality is more going into relationships, seeing what we can get from people, seeing what they have. And there's nothing wrong with receiving from people. But can I just ask you today? What if we shifted in our mind that we are people of the promise, that we are blessed to be a blessing? Watch this. And although we are hoping for our hopes and dreams and for our healing, that we can still step up and pray for healing for other people. That even though while your dream isn't coming true, we can celebrate when somebody else gets blessed because it's only an indication that ours is on the way. Can I hear a good amen today? Because sometimes I will look at people and go, God did that for you? Mine's on the way. Can I hear a good amen? amen? The second reason I think that God waits sometimes is to bring us to the end of ourselves. But I think the second reason is because God wants to know, is this all about you? Is this all about your blessing or are you going to be a blessing? And I want to end with this today. To the point that you will bless, you will be blessed. See, here's what I've learned from this series. The Bible says when you refresh other people, you will be refreshed. Do you know that you will never lack refreshing as long as you're refreshing others? Do you know that you will never lack friends if you decide to be a friend? Do you know that you will never lack blessing when you are being a blessing to other people? Do you know you will never lack food if you're feeding other people? Come on, can I hear a good amen today? And as long as our life remains in alignment with a river, that God is going to bless us to be a blessing, guess what? You're going to see the promise come. It's going to happen And many of you today are waiting on a promise. And can I just encourage you, turn that expectation and that hope into faith. Don't hope and yet withhold. Hope, but act and turn the faith, turn the hope into faith by giving, by being generous, by giving oftentimes what you want yourself to other people. And I'm telling you, God can do it. I want to end with this. Abraham wasn't a perfect man at all. He lied. His wife said, hey, why don't we try to do the promise our own way? And let's, you know, you go in with Hagar and try to have a baby. He's like, okay, honey, I love you. I'll do it. Right? He was not a perfect man. But you know what I found is that God kept his promise to Abraham because Abraham always believed. Even when he made that mistake, he was trying and he kind of felt like he was trying to do the promise, but he was doing it the wrong way. But he always kept believing in God. 
And so what I'm telling you today, my church family, is sometimes we look at our life and we go, man, I'm, I, I'm, I'm waiting for healing. That's not right. Pray for other people, for them to be healed. It happened with Abraham. Other people got healed. Listen, you may not be perfect. None of us are. We all make mistakes. But I want to remind you what we said in this series. The just live by faith. And I want to end here. Read about Abraham. I, I, I challenge you to read about Abraham in the New Testament. Not one of his mistakes is mentioned. Not one. As a matter of fact, when we read out of Romans, the Bible said he was strong in faith. Why? Because it's your faith that justifies you. That's our heritage. That's our DNA. People of faith, people of promise, blessed to be a blessing. Do you receive that today? Can I, we give the Lord a good round of applause today? Come on, would you stand and let's pray. I really, I really sense today that if you'll just close your eyes for just a moment and I'm going to let you go, but I really sense today to, to tell you to not give up and don't withhold because many of you are on the precipice of, of really receiving something. But see, God wants to know, is he number one or is this all about you? It's all about you. And so I believe that there's so many gifts in this body today. And some of you just been withholding because you're waiting on something. And I just want that to be released in your life. So you walk into a new dimension. How many of you were blessed today by Tochi when she sang that song? You know, she's 13 years old. She sang that song, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. I walked up to her during soundcheck and I said, Tochi, you make the darkness tremble. That gift, aren't you thankful that she didn't withhold her gift this morning? And I, I felt the presence of God so strong. In my church family, you have a gift. You have things that God has placed in your life that the world needs. And we can't just withhold it because we're waiting on a promise. We've got to give. We've got to be generous and watch what God will do. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I just thank you for your people. Father, right now, I, I understand by the power of your Holy Spirit that there are people who have intimate needs right now, that they are, pro, they are standing on your promise, not wavering. And Father, today we declare we thank you that you have the power to perform what you have said. And today we are fully persuaded, Lord, for healing that today we are healed in Jesus' name from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Lord, I pray that as Abraham refreshed these men today, right now, you would refresh your people. Lord, I speak strength over your people. Father, I speak wisdom over your people today. Father, I speak comfort in Jesus' name. I, need, I speak strength, Father, for those who are tired and weary today. I thank you, Lord, that your blessing gives us strength, gives us wisdom, gives us strategy, Father, and we thank you that we are blessed people. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. And I pray today that we would make a commitment not to withhold why we hope, but to give and to bless. And Lord, I pray that this week you would give us opportunity to bless people with our words, with our deeds, but financially, if, if it means that, Father, I pray and we thank you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we never like to close out a service at Passion Life Church with giving people the opportunity. 
without giving people the opportunity to, to know Jesus. I, I, I never discount who can be in this room and what they need, but the first thing you need to become an heir of Abraham is to become a child of God. And if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to come inside your heart, he loves you, he cares about you, he wants to give you a whole new spiritual heritage. And today, if you're ready to say, Jesus, I'm ready to turn around, forgive me of my sins, I want you to be a part of my life, I want to know that heaven is my home, I want to be a child of God, I want to pray. So let's pray. If you're praying that prayer for the first time, I want you to pray with me, repeat after me. If you're online today, pray it. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, come on, repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your son. God, forgive me of all of your, my sins. Jesus, come inside my heart. Make me new. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.